The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Ah, good Tuesday afternoon on your local radio station. I'm Mac McCoy, and this is The View from a Pew. And we're in week 47 of our Roman Road, which is a probably going to be about a three-year study of the Book of Romans. And every one of these 14-minute shows are on YouTube at youtube.com, The View from a Pew. You can also find them on any platform on Spotify, and I, I think it is any platform, by simply searching for The View from a Pew. You'll know you have the right one when uh, we begin to talk about Romans again. And again, we're going to be in Romans for, for quite a while, and I'm, I'm very glad of that. Uh, my co-host for the Roman Road is always the alumnus uh, uh, Dallas Theological Seminary, Theo. And uh, what's the big idea here in week 47? Okay, Mac, the big idea of the day for week 47 is justified believers are in Christ Jesus. Today, Mac, you and I will continue our discussion of what it means to be in Christ, as stated twice in Romans 8, 1 through 2. We've been going through 17 things that are true about those who are in Christ. So first, let's pray and review. Thank you, Lord, that we can be together today to study the book of Romans. Considering where we are in Christ, may we understand that we justified believers are in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the gospel, the good news. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He rose on the third day according to the scriptures. And in that process, he gave us the free gift of salvation through faith only. And now may everything we say and do be honoring to you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, Mac, Amen. for the last few weeks... Yeah, we have been talking about Romans 8, 1 through 2, which uses the phrase, in Christ, twice. Verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Secondly, in Romans 8, 2, it describes the principle or power, it's nomos in Greek, called the spirit of life, in Christ Jesus, which can overcome the principle or power of sin and death, which Paul said had imprisoned him back in Romans 7.23. So let's continue our discussion about that by looking at some of the characteristics Romans chapters 5 and 6 say about those who are in Christ. Yeah, so th this is the conversation that I love that we're having every week, and it's kind of to see if uh, a true Christian is justified and we realize that we are living in Christ. 
Yeah, Mac, you know, some people have a have a hard time identifying with the idea of being in Christ. And to give us a physical example, it's like the metaphor that Jesus used in John 15. It's like we are a branch in the vine. Christ is the vine, we are the branch. And of course, the branch extends into the vine. And that's one way of getting your arms around the idea that we are in Christ. But because of life and circumstances and things that occur, some people feel like they're just not good enough or they've got too much darkness in their life to be in Christ. So that's why we've been going through these 17 things, giving us truth about what it means to be in Christ and help us understand and overcome some of those negative notions about why we're just not good enough to be in Christ. Uh, the first week we talked about how we have peace with God, according to Romans 5.1. The second week, that we are justified by faith. We're declared not guilty, just by faith, not by anything we do. Number three, we have been admitted into the sphere of God's grace, according to Romans 5.2. Romans 5.3, we can rejoice when we have trouble. Romans 5.5, that we did last week, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And then this week, Mac, we're going to Romans 5.10, where it says that we have been reconciled to God. And what an amazing thing reconciliation with God brings. It brings some of those notions of Job 25.4, where a person says, how can I, I be right before God? Well, if you've been reconciled to God, that has been taken care of. Certainly if you've been reconciled, you're good enough to have your branch attached to his vine. So there we are. All right, well, you talked about this a little bit last week, and I, and I want to bring it up again. What's the difference between uh, the second one in Romans 5.1, that we have all been justified by faith, oh. and this one where we have been reconciled to God? Yeah. Uh, justification is a legal term. comes from a legal setting, a courtroom setting. And it has to do with a pronouncement by the judge, if you will, that you are not guilty. And back at the time that justification was used in courts, when you were declared not guilty, you also would be declared righteous. And so we get this notion of not being guilty and being declared righteous when we say justified. And probably the best definition I can think of for justification comes from the next chapter in Romans after chapter 3, which would be chapter 4. And in chapter 4, it says, uh, verse 6, just as David also speaks of the blessing on the person to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the person whose sin the Lord will not take into account. So when you're justified, Mac, by faith, 
in faith only, you are given this justification definition, just as it says in Romans 3.24, our favorite verse in Romans, and I hope you've memorized it, says, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is, here we go, in Christ Jesus. And so that's the idea of justification. Now, this week we're talking about Romans 5.10, and that's reconciliation. And how is that different? Well, reconciliation does not have the judicial, legal connotation attached to it like justification. Reconciliation talks about the personal relationship, if you will, that you have between you and God. In Romans 5.10, interestingly, it starts off uh, by saying, we used to be enemies. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. And then I can just hear some people going, oh, wait a minute. You know, I used to not be God's enemy. I, you know, went to church and and I gave money and I did service projects and I participated in philanthropy and I didn't cuss and I didn't chew, <laughs> you know, other things. And, uh, and I was a good guy. And I wasn't his enemy. Well, guess what? Let's go back to Romans 3.23 where it says, All have sinned. That fall short of the glory of God. And there are no exceptions to that. May have, we may have thought we were good or entitled, but we weren't. We're sinners. We're all sinners, and God has this standard. And so, because we're missing the mark, we're, we are his enemies. And it says that right here in our verse for this week, Romans 5.10. Or if while we were enemies, then it goes, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by And so reconciliation is this, this event that occurs where we are then put back into intimate relationship with God. When we're reconciled with God and he reconciles us, is it does that mean that we can be reconciled with those that we we've had a, a a a terrible relationship with or a damaged relationship is that reconciliation the same the thanksgiving dinner um the the idea of reconciliation is the same but remember god did not need to be reconciled to us because he is holy and perfect we were the ones who pulled out of the relationship. We were the ones who, in the garden, ate the apple. We needed to be reconciled back to God. And so God provided a mechanism through the redemption which is found in Christ Jesus to reconcile us back to where we can be back into that kind of relationship that we had in the garden of Eden with God before we messed it up. So even though it was... Even though it was our actions, God still reconciles us back together through his forgiveness. And it's yes. it, it's, it's God that comes and says, come to Thanksgiving. We're going to reconcile yes. this. You yeah, and well, I have he, been yeah. reconciled. That's right. And Jesus' blood was one of the parts of that whole process that got us reconciled. 
And uh, another term we use for that is redemption. That is, he paid the price to buy us back so that we could be reconciled to him. And so so we're, we're back having fellowship with God now. That doesn't mean, though, that we are going to be reconciled to all other human beings. Because more often than not, and I've been trained in reconciliation, each party brings some fault to the table. And so each party needs to be reconciled back to the person that they have offended or damaged, and the other person as well. It's very rare when it's all just a one-sided uh, event. Wow. And, and hopefully by the time the process is over, they all want to have Thanksgiving together. That is reconciliation. Sometimes to, just... sometimes to gain that reconciliation with a human being, we just have to take responsibility for everything that happened, even though we know it takes a two-way street. Yes. And those yes. that step yes. forward are, are and say, I'll take all the responsibility, are really those that are walking closely with God. All right, Theo, thank you very much. That wraps up week 47. Week 48, next week, we are being saved by the life of Jesus. And remember... This all brought to you by DivineTruthChristianStores.com. Look up, see what they have that you would want for this Christmas as we keep Christ in Christmas. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.